so in this episode we are chasing the next adrenaline rush and today i'm chatting to a man who's had his fair share of adrenaline rushes over the past 15 years having played a decade of super league rugby for the likes of the warrington wolves and the bradford bulls he's since gone on to forge a career in close protection serving in post-war iraq offering the life deciding private protection demanded by the experts clearing isis improvised explosive devices now firmly back on English soil, that's for now, Matty Blythe heads up the esteemed Vanquish Group, an organisation formed to provide exceptional training for the next generation of private security personnel in hostile environments and executive close protection. So what is adrenaline and just why has it been a vital ingredient for Matty's success? Adrenaline is a hormone released by your adrenal glands. Now, adrenaline is also known as the fight or flight hormone and is released by the adrenal glands in response to stressful, exciting, dangerous or threatening situations. Basically, it's our natural superpower. Now, it's clear that adrenaline plays a significant role in keeping us from harm's way and preparing the body for situations that require an emergency response. The situations that Matty still faces and experienced daily from his career on the rugby pitch, where decisions powered by adrenaline meant win or lose, to life in Iraq, where these same decisions would quite simply mean life or death. That's pretty serious. Now, welcome, Matty. Do you consider yourself an adrenaline junkie? Hey, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, now you say it, probably. Uh, I probably do, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were saying before, you know, these different aspects of obviously being a rugby league player to obviously being a, a close protection officer in Iraq uh, and in the UK as well, mate. Uh, so, yeah, I probably, I probably do uh, <laughs> consider myself, you know, chasing that adrenaline, mate, definitely. And, you know, you've experienced two incredibly high-pressure careers. You're still experiencing your, your second career with the close protection. I mean, yeah. why do you choose to put yourself under so much pressure? I think, mate, I, honestly, I think it starts from when I, were, you know, when I was a kid. Um, I was uh, kindly pushed towards rugby league from the family, as, as Warrington. I was born in in Manchester, but then moved to Warrington as a as a as a four year old. Mm-hmm. Um, as growing up, you know, I was you know I, I got pushed into rugby league a little bit, not not you know, it was, but it was I enjoyed the sport. Um, there was you know there was a lot of people that were better than me. Uh, really, the, the, you know, there was five or six people that were better than me, and I think. For me, the, the adrenaline and the, you know, the visualisation of me wanting to be a Super League player just driven me. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and, and I love the sport. Um, you know, I used to train in the morning, uh, go to college, you know, after, you know, after my training session and then train at night. Knowing that I had to be better than everybody else, I kind of think, um, you know, and, the, and I loved that aspect of, of, you know, of winning, yeah. um, which, you know, got me through. Uh, obviously, a lot of training, a lot of you know hurt, blood, sweat, and tears, um, as you can imagine through pre-seasons, etc. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's just got me through. Um, just wanting to be better. I think you know the the adrenaline that we that, that I get on a daily basis, and I didn't want to lose from Super League uh, from being a rugby league player, and this is why uh, I wanted to go into you know into close protection. I I was always fond of it. I was always. Uh, researching it as you know uh, when I left school but always thought you needed to be in the military um I did find you know a, a, a better way to do that I did do P company which is um um is a, to do with the parachute regiment so I did that when I was when I was 18 but took a career in rugby league instead 
so I have a little bit of experience in that in that sector, but not as much as um, is made out to be. Uh, so yes, yeah, so basically the adrenaline from being um, a close uh, from a rugby league player, sorry, to a close protection operative is is something I didn't want to lose, and I, 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 you know I still have to this day, mate, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just talking about your rugby league career i mean it's only in the past kind of two or three years i'd say that rugby league has really yeah. earned the respect i think that it deserves because the the impact that you know suffer from a crunch in tackle yeah. i mean but it's over and over and over again it's in such yeah. a quick succession isn't it i mean that adrenaline must be pumping all the time when you're on the pitch yeah you're right mate and it starts from from the first day you're back in training um obviously we play week in week out and you know that adrenaline and that um, starts when, when you, 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 you're researching the, the team that you're playing next. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that day, you're visualising everything that you're going to be doing that day. And then when it comes to that day, obviously, adrenaline starts pumping a little bit more. And then when you're stepping out on the field, whether it's, you know, a, a local derby, you know, there's 10, 15, 20,000 people watching you. You're on Sky Sports that week. So, you know, the adrenaline is always pumping. And, then, and when that ball is being kicked off, and then you can finally get into your little rhythm, get into everything, the visualisation, the preparation that you've done throughout the week then goes into practice. So you can kind of breathe a little bit more, but, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, even talking about it now is, is giving me goosebumps to the fact, like, is, you know, that, that, that start of the week and, you know, the, as soon as that ball gets kicked off and then you're in game mode um, and then going forward with hopefully the win. But again, I'm, I'm, like you're saying, um, it is like being in a car crash when you go, and it got worse and worse as the years <laughs> as the years went on. So the, the reason why another reason why I retired from the game <laughs> is because physically my body unfortunately couldn't really take that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, you know, I've gone through games where I've torn hamstring and played eighty minutes, uh, broken bones and gone through eighty minutes, and Believable. it is that adrenaline that pushes you through. And obviously, as soon as you lose that, then you. <laughs> you do feel it a little bit more the next day. Yeah. But it's to, it's, to, it's, it's to do with the end product. It's to do with that win. It's to do with, you know, not letting your teammates down. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I was always passionate about is to put in my body in the line week in, week out for my teammates, definitely. Now, with um, such high levels of adrenaline actually circulating around your body, I know you mentioned yeah. about visualisation, but do you have any other like calculated coping mechanisms that um, that you are kind of physically aware of that you um, you put into play to keep you under um, you know calm under such pressure? Yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't when I first started um, playing. I just went through the motions, listened to a bit of music before a game obviously the favourite records, and then obviously just try and relax myself yeah. a little bit so yeah. that adrenaline doesn't take over my decisions as much as um, it should do. Um, so obviously controlling the adrenaline rush and, um, you know, so I'm not doing anything stupid or erratic in the game. Um, so I did do, not many people know this, only a couple of people, but so I may as well share it now. Why yeah, not? please do, yeah. Uh, basically, if I had something in my head that was going to go wrong, within the sport, so be probably about an hour before the game, uh, I would touch my head with my index finger, but it had to be in multiples of two. So if I thought of a number up to 10 uh, in multiples of two, I had to do it. Otherwise, I thought something would go wrong. So if I was thinking of a, a number four, I'd have to tap my head four times. Wow. Um, and that's something that, that honestly calmed me down. I don't know where it come from. 
not a clue. It just happened all of a sudden, or like through through time. It was just something that I was used to. Maybe a bit of OCD that I had to do it, otherwise something would actually go wrong. Um, so I did it. I've, I've done it in my professional career, and I've obviously done it in my professional career in the, in the industry as well, just to just to calm me down a little bit. So it would be if it was ten times, then I'd do it ten times. If I didn't think I was, I was, I did it nine times, then I'd have to do it all over again. Um, just so it got into my head that I, I've actually done it. So it is. Everyone has their own little little bits, man. Everyone listens to me. I listen to certain music. I listen to a certain track. Obviously, before games or, yeah. or anything like that, depending on the situation. Or so it is. Everyone has their little weird little ticks, I suppose. Yeah. Coming through the sport, I've seen some crazy ones. Uh, I've seen people. You know they they won't touch they won't touch uh, they'll have chewy before the game but they won't touch the packet. Um, you know I've I've had players that will tape up the socks fifteen times before it's right, and that is probably a bit of OCD. But again, if they feel that they're not ready for the ready for it, ready for the game, ready for the battle, then they feel like they're not going to play well. And that's what exactly what I was like is is just a little um, you know tap of the head a couple of times made me feel a bit more at ease, which was. Sounds a bit weird, and people might listen in. We're going, ah, that's crazy. You're mental, but <laughs> it did actually help me a lot. It really did. And it well, still, does. It. It still does. If it works for you and it comforts you, I think that's what people have yeah. to understand, yeah, isn't definitely. it? Every, you've got your own nuances that you um, would use to, like you say, be your coping yeah. me- mechanism. And um, so yeah. apart, apart from that, any other coping mechanisms? I mean, let's say um, you, you're on the rugby field. I mean, you know, yeah. you're it, or let's say you're, you're kind of uh, with a, a unit that are um, diffusing a you know, volatile yeah. unit, for example. Have you got anything that else that runs through your head there and then when you're in the situation? I think it's just, I mean, there's a, honestly, there's a million one things that could happen on a, on a rugby field and, and the same and probably even so more uh, good and bad that can happen on a hostile environment in site or me conducting a surveillance task or a close protection task with a client. Mm-hmm. So it's just for me to mitigate everything that happens is I, I'm always dynamically assessing the situation yeah. um, and dynamically assessing a room, whether it be in close protection or dynamically assessing the opposition. Um, so for me, it's just obviously it's making sure I'm thinking about the job and about me, uh, where what I'm doing, what am I doing correctly and what I need to improve dynamically all the time. Uh, and obviously being from uh, from a rugby league sense and into this industry, um, it has been a really, really good transition for me to actually do that. Uh, the characteristics and fundamentals and skill set that you actually require as a professional sportsman or woman um, you know, does contract does transition uh, really, really well in this industry. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of planning and preparation. There was a lot of sacrifice, preparation, uh, things that I that I didn't want to miss. Um, I'd, obviously, I'm not an office type of person. I, yeah. I like to have new things each and every day that I, that I have to tackle. Um, I don't know. I am obviously the managing director of a company now, but again, I'm still operational, which is really, really good as well. So. For me, yeah, I didn't want to lose all these um, certain aspects of adrenaline and um, preparation, um, you know, little bits like this throughout throughout my career as well going forward after rugby league, mate, definitely. It's, it's really good that you mentioned that as well in terms of what you needed to do in those coping mechanisms. I think um, just the three words that just stood out for me then is commitment, sacrifice and preparation. Yeah. And I think yeah. those are so important for 
everybody to try and implement yeah. into their lives to to achieve yeah. something of of worth or something that they're trying to shoot for. Yeah, I think so, mate. I think uh, you know I've always lived by that. Like uh, again, going back to me training twice, three times a day for two, three years, just to, just to get a second uh, playing for my hometown club, which was. Um, one of the best days of my life. Like I never actually thought that day would come. Um, and it did when I was 18 and the sacrifice and everything that I've, that I've put in place, I believe so that worked. So again, it is a massive fundamental and it's a massive, I think something worth having doesn't come easy. And I always, I've always lived by that um, kind of saying, um, like this year, me coming into a business straight away from coming from Iraq in November, it couldn't got any worse. It couldn't got any harder, obviously, with the pandemic and everything that's going on. But I've worked tirelessly. I've worked, you know, I've worked closely with others um, just to try and give myself the best chance. You know, the sacrifice and perseverance that I've took this year uh, has taken place, and it's taken its toll. And, it, and it, you know, it's emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it's you know it's something that I'm proud of and and you know my family are proud of and, and uh, going forward mate it's um, it's a massive massive skill set well it's I think it is a skill set because it doesn't come easy no. sacrifice and you know what I mean so uh, me going away to Iraq and, and places like this for you know a, a amount of time and it has its effects on relationships has had effects on family but it's something that um, you know that I've, I've, you know, I've really wanted to do, and you know, it's it's not the easiest decision to do for for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but again, um, it, the experience that I've, that I've that I've gained from that has been amazing. So the, you know, the sacrifice and perseverance is there, and ultimately the reward is there as well. <clears throat> so, Massively, yeah, wise, yeah, exactly. wise words. Yeah. So, well, definitely, um, yeah, I think, yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah, sorry. I was about to say, man. We we caught up a few days ago as well, and yeah, um, I was quite interested to know your your resting heart rate. And I know you were like, um, well, I'll, I'll have to get back yeah. to you on that. I'll have to let you know. Yeah. So for yeah, our listeners yeah. as well, the listeners listening in, uh, your resting heart rate is the amount of time you, your heart beats in one minute. Um, yours is fifty three. So it's yeah, worth I, I mentioning. Look at me, uh, Fitbit watch. That's what Did you? Was. Yeah. 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 Thanks yeah. for that. Appreciate it. Because I want to yeah, just impart a bit of information. So um, the British Heart Foundation state, a normal resting heart rate is between 60 to 100 beats per minute. Professional athletes or even fit individuals can be anywhere between 30 and 60. So for example, Mo Farah has one of 33, which is ridiculously low. Mm. I think mine's like 49, something like that as well, yeah. just for the record. Um, but the record through the Guinness World Records goes to a 45-year-old called Martin Brady and he had rest and heart rate of 27. That was recorded in Guernsey in 2005. Though since that, apparently uh, an English pensioner of 81 was recorded as having it at 26, which is unbelievable. So what I'm getting at is this. Studies show individuals with a low resting heart rate, like you, Matty, uh, yeah. demand high pressure situations to feel satisfied in life, essentially. So right, would, would right. you agree with that? Oh yeah, after yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I love it. I love feeling, you know, feeling. Like even going to the gym, you know, you, you go into the gym every. You know, I'm trying to get back into it now after COVID, which has been uh, it's been really, really good. To well, my body's not uh, saying it's really good. It's screaming at me at the minute. But um, it, this, yeah, you know, I went to the gym a couple of times every day because I just wanted to just to push myself as hard as possible. Um, you know little bits like that or just 
just making notes through the day of making a to-do list throughout the day and then checking them off, you know, gives me a massive, um, does give me an adrenaline rush because it's just like, right, I need to do this, this and this and this and this. Uh, let's get it all done. Let's crack on and then we can do whatever you can do at night. I mean, do you, um, do you ever wonder, do you, do you ever wonder, sorry for interrupting you, Matty, sorry, do you, mate, do you ever that. wonder uh, if you weren't a, an ex-pro rugby player or working yeah. in such a highly volatile uh, industry, yeah. what what you would have been? I mean, let's face it, you wouldn't have been a probably wouldn't have been a well, maybe you would have been a snooker player because they're very low low resting heart rates. But yeah, you must give it um, some thought. I mean, yeah, I think I've always been. I've always been a bit of an extrovert. I've always been someone that wants to be uh, around people and you know making people. I've always wanted to make people safe, and it's it's even on the rugby field, mate. Like I was, I could have played. I played in several positions. I was kind of like a utility player. Uh, which is, you know, which is a, a good, a good, um, multi-talented, Matty, multi-talented, multi-talented. I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would always, if I was coming off the bench or if I was playing in the centres, which is obviously your forwards are, are the guys that are going to get fully loaded with a lot of work. I would make sure I would, if I could see them hurting or I could see them tired, I would make sure. I would be getting in and I'd be taking a lot of the heat from them. And that was one of my key things as a player was just making sure I was sack of I was literally running my blood to water every single game and doing just the fundamentals right, doing the you know the skill right. And I wasn't the most talented rugby league player in the world, but what I what I believe I did have was, you know, was a lot of heart and a lot of desire to, you know, and a lot of determination to, to for the goal and, and to make sure that I come off the field and, and the lads were like, like you, you did some really good work there. You worked hard. Yeah. This that and the other. Do you feel like you've worked hard? I'm like, yeah. I actually really just need to go to bed now. Which, yeah, yeah. which never happens. <laughs> yeah, which never happens. You have a night game. You're not sleeping until probably five o'clock in the morning. That's because your adrenaline's still pumping. You think you're overthinking about did I do this right? Did I do that right? No one thinks Except of that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I never found the uh, the like an antidote or ways to. to to obviously sleep after a game, never found a way. Um, but yeah, but that leads me uh, um, leads me quite nicely on to our next question, actually, because yeah, talking about yeah. adrenaline and obviously having a lot of it in your system, um, being yeah. flooded with it. I mean, have you had situations where you were over flooded with the hormone, and you know, how did you feel, and were you aware of it? Yeah, I think um, I've got two. Yeah, there's two that was obviously a rugby side and a close protection side. Um, that we, that we've uh, that I've, I've thought of. So we were at Bradford when I was at Bradford. We we got put into the championship because of administration. We did get uh, twelve points deducted, which put us into the championship that year. And throughout the year, um, you know, we wanted to get back into Super League, um, and we did. We we give everything that year, absolutely everything. Um, we got to the million pound game, which is basically the, the you know the same thing as the playoff final in the the championship in football, but it's not a million pound. It's probably about hundred million pound in that game. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, and we were second. You know, we were we give everything. I give everything. I was playing in a different position. I was a bit nervous about playing this position, but knew I'd give everything. Um, and I did. Literally, everyone gave absolutely everything, and. We got beat in the last second um, to obviously wait. It was against Wakefield at the time. Uh, and they got to keep their Super League status and we stayed in the championship. And wow. it was actually, I, I was just that drained and emotionally drained. I literally went up to my partner at the time and just just 
went just completely flood of tears, just everything that come out through the year yeah. that we went through as a team just literally come out and I was devastated. And, you know, it, the adrenaline just, 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 just took over my body. There was nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. I didn't even try to stop it. I was angry. I was upset. And, you know, but it is, you know, we got up and we, we, you know, we kept fighting as well after that. But it was like, it was just something I could not control at no. all. And it was really, really weird because we obviously wanted to get to this goal and we were, you know, seconds away from getting it. Um, which happens, you know I mean? It does actually happen. There's nothing yeah. perfect in this world at all. But And in um, terms of the tears and just breaking down like that, it's totally fine to do that, isn't it? It's totally normal. Yeah, oh yeah. That's I, what I mean. I, honestly, like, I, I'm a massive advocate for things like this, is obviously to speak to people. If you are upset, if there is something on your mind, um, as a male, I know it is difficult. I, mean, I know there's a lot of uh, charities, and there's, even with Rugby League, there's a lot of charities and... Um, you know, people that try to get us to speak out as much as possible because it is, it is a massive thing. It, you know, your mental health is absolutely massive, yeah. And it does, you know, it controls your life. It really does control you. You can be the fittest guy in the world. You can be the healthiest guy in the world. But if you're not mentally strong, it is pointless. Mm-hmm. It is pointless. But uh, yeah, so just and, and again on the close protection side, it was me. It was my first mission. It was my first ever mission. We went to. Uh, a factor uh, down in one of the areas that we were working in um, and it was my birthday it was literally my first birthday my 28th birthday and, nice um, place to celebrate yeah well that's it so obviously I've done all my weapons training the, you know a couple of days before I've got into uh, the role I got a, a, a brief from my team leader at the time saying we'll be doing this this and this this is how we're going in a convoy of so many vehicles we'll be entering the site don't step between this this and this and literally as soon I didn't sleep that night so the, I was tired as it was um, and you know the, the sites that we were working at you know the people that we were working with um, you know who are absolutely amazing the, the clients the EOD which is the explosive ordnance detail guys that we were working with was absolutely amazing so for, for about four, four to five hours I am literally not shaking with fear but just shaking with the, that much adrenaline mm. and when I got back and I got back safely, my clients got back safely and, you know, I did the best, um, you know, the best that I could as an operative. Um, I literally just slept for about 16 hours, mate. Literally. Wow. Got in and just went, wow. Like, like the, the adrenaline must have just took over that much. The certainness that I've had to, and the vigilance that I've had to take that day has just literally drained my body to the point of, I need to sleep. So <laughs> I was literally physically shaking while you as well. It was, it was the point I wasn't shaking. It was just the more that I was just, I was, my my mind was running at probably the highest it's ever been, like a thousand. Obviously, I'm into a territory I've never been before. I've experienced nothing like this before. Uh, I've seen, obviously, the the war and everything that's gone on with the war on TV. But until you're there, it's a completely different story. Um, So, obviously, me being there for the first time, on my birthday as well, so... (laughs) Oh, God, um, typical. Something I was like, right, I need to, obviously, I just slept. Didn't speak to anyone that day. Just literally was 16 hours, just slept until the next day when I got back from mission. So that's that sounds like um, what the what a doctor, I guess, would would coin post-adrenaline blues. And this was something I was yeah. going to ask you about because, yeah. uh, you know, talking about post that post-adrenaline rush or post-adrenaline blues, yeah. um, it can occur after significant um you know high pressure situations like that but it can yeah. also occur for people 
after positive events like a wedding or uh, a graduation right, yeah. or a house move, yeah. for example. So, um, yeah. and I guess it's that, it's that long um, build up towards that event that gets a lot of people yeah. down. I mean, in, in your case, it was very much a, a kind of short lived, very high amount yes. of adrenaline pumped through your body through a, a short yeah. amount of time. But I mean, you were obviously aware of it, like you said, cause you had to sleep it off. I mean, how did you feel the next day? Do you remember? I literally woke up and thought I was late. Well, not late, but because I got up a little bit earlier. Uh, as it, it was like, uh, I think we normally set off really, really early because yeah. of the heat, uh, etc., etc. But I literally was like, that was probably the best sleep I've ever had. Um, and then just like nothing. I don't think I moved. I really don't think I moved in the night. Um, I literally was just went to sleep and I was up at 16 hours. I didn't even go for any food or anything like that. So I must have had the best sleep ever. So, and it was weird because I've never, I've never experienced that. I've never really, um, you know, experienced that, that kind of, even sleep. I don't sleep that much as it is now, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. But, I can imagine. I just, it's a good yeah. time for me to mention actually as well for any of our listeners, uh, that feel they might've had post adrenaline blues. The good news is that, um, from the research I've done, it tends just to be temporary. Um, yeah. and, um, with a balanced and healthy diet and rest and gentle exercise, even though you probably might not feel like you want to something like a walk would just be perfect. So I think, um, you know, people that are listening who might not be in such high octane positions as you are, it happens to everyone. It, it can happen to all of us. So, um, if it does time is the healer as it always is, I guess. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a really interesting one. Um, there's stories of people, uh, who showcase like superhuman strength uh, in times of critical need. So for example, you hear stories where there's been an accident and someone's trapped under a car um, and, you know, through this massive spike in adrenaline of being able to lift a car off somebody. Uh, I mean, I've never experienced it or seen it. I've heard about it a lot, but have you in your career experienced that at all? Um, I'm not too sure. I don't think I have to be honest yet. I think, I like the way you say yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with it, obviously in the, when I was playing rugby, I think the adrenaline you have and you, some things that you're shocked that you've done, like breaking a tackle, um, you know, you've, you, you've tackled someone with everything you've got and he's, you know, he's, he's not getting back up kind of thing. Uh, I think that kind of, that probably is the best that we've, that I've ever had probably as a, as a professional. Yeah. In the close protection, um, you know, Again, with with our jobs, if if anything does like you know drastically happens, such as you know your client is embarrassed or is you know there's something happened to your client, um, obviously your CPOs and you know if people are listening to this now who, who are, uh, if you're getting into that situation, there's something in the in the preparation that you've done that's gone drastically wrong before you've done that. So I've obviously been to hostile environments in the UK and I've never really had to be in a situation where. I've had to use force or adrenaline to, to, to get myself out of the situation. We do a lot of things as CPOs, close protection operatives, to mitigate um, a lot of situations before we even go anywhere. Um, you know, even if it's a, a 45 minute task, you know, I did it, I did one in, in London the other day just, just for the company. And it took, it took more to do uh, preparation for the task than actually the task itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the, a lot of things that we do we do say if you're doing if you if you've done got, got all your preparation right 
um, you know, you should never be in these situations. Obviously, these, you know, there's always that one percent, and that's why we put little certain things that we do, um, and certain action on drills and the standard operation procedures that we that we go by. Um, that's why we put little bits like that in place. But these are the one percenters. But if it does happen, that we do know what we're doing as, as CPOs. But again, with the rugby league, it's um, I think it is like the, the kickoff, the crowd, everything that gets to you. Um, you know, you, you, you burst an attack on you like, oh, Jesus, I didn't, I didn't expect to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it is that kind of inner strength, possibly. You know, you've worked hard. You know, am I stronger than this person? Probably not. But mm -hmm. again, you know, breaking a tackle, tackling someone is, you know, with everything you've got. That kind of thing. For me, I've never really had to lift up a car or anything like that, as of yet. No. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens, mate. So look, there's there's absolutely no doubt you've overcome fear. You demonstrate meticulous self control and practice discipline across all aspects of your life. So, what yeah. advice can you impart to the Tonic Effect community that can help them? I guess integrate all these into their own lives, and whether that be in their daily life uh, and dealings yeah. with other people, or uh, their health and wellness, or yeah. um, their careers. I think I think obviously because what we've gone through as a as a, as a nation. Um, so far with the pandemic, I think it has opened people's eyes to, to, I don't know, d different things. I'm guessing, like mm -hmm. you, you know, this, the, uh, being a bit more friendlier, or you know, working on yourself as as an individual, um, whether that's physically or mentally. Um, I think we've done the best that we can do as a nation so far, and I, I reckon individuals feeling like this will, will pick something that they've done through lockdown that they've probably never done before or um, or they've never had to do before. So the, the people are growing, which I think is really, really good. And taking a positive, obviously, from this, you know, uh, this, uh, this pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I think, you know, sacrifice, perseverance, um, you know, working hard towards a goal. It doesn't, you could have a goal. Um, it might take you years to get to. Nothing's easy. You, you know, I've not stepped into this industry to, um, you know, to, to be the best because there's no such thing in any 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 industry, any sport, or anything like that. Everyone wants to progress. Everyone wants to keep going and keep working hard. Cristiano Ronaldo, the likes of people like that, are always looking to be better. They are, might be the best in the world. They might be the best at whatever they're doing. But again, um, they're always trying to be better. And I think that's the fundamental that I've tried to take in from rugby league into this industry. Is I will never be the best operative. I will never be. Um, the best businessman but all I can do is keep progressing um, as, as a person as an individual um, you know to be better and mm -hmm. you know and, and that's the you know no one's ever going to be perfect um, so that's that's just for me really I think that's a, a good uh, a good um, fundamental and a good mindset to actually have is that you're never going to be perfect but for you to, to get to that ultimate, you know, sacrifice and just keep building on yourself a hundred percent. Absolutely. And believe, believe in yourself. Definitely. And it takes luck as well. There's, there's no, everyone's, you know, it's, there is a bit of a luck aspect in there as well. And it's just, if you do get that opportunity, then take it with both hands a hundred percent. You know, that's yeah. on my debut or anything like that. You know, we, I was, I think I only played like two minutes on my debut. Didn't touch the ball, didn't make a tackle. So my next goal then was to write, I need to play more than two minutes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, and it does, it progresses and you keep working hard and you keep knocking on the door and someone will just, someone, someone will answer. 
Uh, and I think that's what I've tried to, to live by my career as a rugby league player and as a close protection operative as well, mate. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for the amazing insight, Matty. Um, really, really interesting and some yeah, absolute yeah, pearls of wisdom me. there as well. So where can our listeners find out a bit more about um, the Vanquish Group and what you do and also tell us a little bit about what's on the cards next for you? Yeah, so basically, um, obviously, I run um, a Vanquish, uh, the Vanquish Training Academy, uh, which does, which we are in, we're in Manchester at the minute at this time. Um, we, we obviously teach... Uh, get trained, qualified and licensed uh, operatives that want to obviously work in this industry, um, which is, you know, it's gone really well, considering obviously the pandemic and everything that's going to be going on this year. We've been doing really well. We've, you know, we've got a really good um, policy and a, a really good family with people. And, you know, we want people to, to work hard to get this qualification. It is a tricky qualification. Uh, there's a lot that you're not just standing there and looking after someone. There is a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of aspects to, the, to, to these courses. Yeah. Uh, as well as doing that, you know, I'm still operational. I'm still working on surveillance tasks. You know, we work uh, with clients that, you know, have a high threat against them. Um, you know, it could be celebrities, dignitaries, politicians, but people that are. So I'm still working highly in the industry um, as a, a close protection officer as well. Uh, we you know, we do go overseas. People, do, you know, we, we were supposed to be going to Dubai this year uh, doing a training course. Uh, obviously that's you know not been able to do that but hopefully next year we'll, we'll see what happens we do have people that come from overseas that require our services in the summer mm -hmm. um and we do go over there as well so we you know we're we're functional all over the world as, as close protection operatives so uh yeah we're still um still building this year which is really really good so um and that's it for me really is that yeah so i'm doing a lot with the training academy uh, and then trying, obviously, to get more operational as well. Um, obviously, being at home, it has been um, a bit tricky this year. But again, um, you know, we've we've got some really good things going on. Uh, Excellent. With clients, et cetera, et cetera, mate. Thevanquishgroup.co.uk, is that where people can find that? Uh, it is. Well, you can find us on the um, .com, um which is, yeah, which is our main hub, which is our main website, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's the vanquishacademy.com. You can find us on there. Uh, you can contact us as well. Um, you know, you can look at our courses. Uh, we do surveillance. We do technical surveillance, countermeasures, which again we do go through all uh, all over the world. We've been to Ghana, Australia. Um, we were looking to go to China, but again, again, that's changed a little bit since obviously lockdown, etc. Yeah. Uh, and that's your bug sweeping element uh, of the course, which is a really, really good fundamental for any operative to have going forward um but yeah so we we do a lot of courses and you know we we have clients as well that excuse me that we have in our books uh and surveillance as well mate so we're doing, we're doing all right we're, we're getting there and we you know we're just going to keep building and keep building throughout the year and i also hear on the grapevine one of your um other kind of ambitions is to perfect your deadlift i hear you've uh, you've got some work to do on your legs I've got, I've got a lot of work. To be honest, yeah, I think it's genetic. Like, I literally, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story, a little quick one. I, one of my coaches said, right, you're strong up top, you're very, very quick, but we, your legs need to be bigger. I said, don't mess with me legs. Like, they will never, ever get bigger. So we went through some pre-season. I did about three, probably about three, four uh, weight sessions a week on my legs. Not anything massive, but we did have one heavy one a, a week. 
Um, we got them tested beforehand, so we did like a strength test. And I said, honestly, this is this is going to ruin me. Seriously, there's, there's no perfecting these legs at all. This is as best, best as they're getting. <laughs> so we went through everything, went through three, four months of pre-season of me just smashing legs. They did get a little bit bigger, but in the process, they got weaker. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I said, what did I tell you? I said, don't mess about. Like, I tell you, this is that's it. It's deceptive. I'm very deceptive. You don't see uh, calves or anything on a racehorse, do you? So that's my. You that's don't, mate. My I was going to say the same thing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my. That's always been my argument. So. Uh, well, um, really we we that. wish you all the best in your journey of uh, of ultimate deadlifting, mate. And um, yeah. thank you so <laughs> you much again for your that. time. Honestly, you've yes. um, you've really enlightened me, and uh, hopefully our our listeners as well. And um, what brilliant insight into the world of Matty Bly. Thank you, mate. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I really appreciate you uh, having me on the show, mate, 100%. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Matty. Till next time, you take care of yourself. Yes, mate. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers, pal. Stay safe, mate. Thank you.